and welcome to It Came From 20,000 Podcasts. That's, that's the name we went with. <laughs> yeah. That's I'm it. Gus. I'm Caitlin. And we're going to talk about a movie. Oh, oh yeah, we are. This So, the premise for this podcast is that we watch uh, specifically B-movies, but B-monster movies, primarily from the 50s and 60s. Not the Jerry Springer one. Not the Jerry Springer one, no. Yet. Oh, Maybe. But we, we will plan to go into some later ones. Uh, I definitely want to do Chopping Mall, which is from the 80s and not a monster movie. Yeah, it doesn't have to all be the... Uh... <laughs> uh, I'm trying to get RoboCop to fit because that's like my favorite <laughs> movie of all time. I'm going to figure it out. But today we did a 1959 classic. The Killer Shrews. Now, uh, do you know that this movie was released with a much better movie at the time? I did not. What was it? Uh, the Giant Gila Monster, ah. which is totally on our list to cover. That I've is, never seen that one. I haven't either. I haven't seen most of these. I have seen quite a few of these. I love this kind of stuff. I collect old sci-fi, like, comic book posters and, like, dime store novels. This podcast really came from me and my love of just shitty monster movies from the 50s. Like, hello, Martha. Martha, we have to run from the monster, oh. Martha. Martha, you can't do things. You're a woman. <laughs> oh man, I've got there's, that. I've got that in my notes so, a few times. There's some of that in this movie. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, it's bad. Oh man, our cat is. We got him a new toy, and if you hear crinkling in the back, that is not bags. That's our cat Walter playing with his tunnel. He got a new tube today. He's he's very small. He weighs like eight pounds. He's a little boy. Anyway, <laughs> so. all right. So I guess. Let's uh, let's get into this bullshit movie. Was, we watched a version uploaded on YouTube. It's uploaded by Movie Vigilante. Yeah, it's about an hour and eight minutes long. We just finished watching it about what, five ten minutes ago. Uh, maybe in the time that we finished setting up, yeah. So it's it's fresh in our minds. Um, a lot of these movies are in the public domain now, which is going to make it either really easy or really hard <laughs> to find. It depends if people have wanted to go through and like save. Like, archive things. Well, some movies are going to be really easy to find, like um, It Came From Outer Space or uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon. But some yeah. of these other ones I've got written down from my list are going to be rough. Yeah, some of these are, you know, people like them. They're still relevant names. Other mm-hmm. ones are mm-hmm. the giant claw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Maybe we'll watch that one again. Uh, and listen to that horrible shrieking again of the monster so we yeah. can cover that one because we didn't do notes for that. Yeah. So uh, let's let's get into The Killer Shrews, uh, directed so, by Ray Kellogg, by the way. Directed by Ray Kellogg. Yeah. yeah. Quick, quick, did you know anything about this movie beforehand? I knew a little bit about it, and here's why. So when I was a kid, I was really obsessed with Animal Planet, and they used to do this like top 100 animals in movies list that played all the time. I vaguely remember things like that, yeah. And for some reason, The Killer Shrews was on that list. And, oh my god, it's clearly just some dogs. <laughs> it's some dogs wearing some rugs. <laughs> That's all it is. I found out about this movie mm-hmm. a few years ago from Ashens on YouTube. Back before he did like his like his standard review on the brown couch kind of thing, just rewatched the video the other day where he's um five weird terrible movie monsters from trailers, mm-hmm. and the Killer Shrews is one of them. Oh yeah, and uh, that's where I first heard the phrase "dogs and rugs." Yeah, which will come up several times. I'm sure it will. Um, I had I didn't know anything else about this movie. I didn't know the plot. I just knew that it was shrews that killed people. That's yep. all I knew. 
So uh, yeah, let's let's finally get into this. I, now I have a question for you. So we start, and they're like Canada. Why do all these movies take place in the far north? I don't. I thought it was Alaska. I think. Oh, I think maybe they did say Alaska. I think I just wrote Canada down because there was always they're always Canada, Antarctica. Alaska. They're always in the far north. Yeah, you can do things remote there, which means you don't have to, you can just film in a forest somewhere. You don't have to worry about licensing out. You're getting permits to film in a city. <laughs> this is true. The other thing I think is like, it's, I'm going to say the word exotic. Yeah. Uh, that's not quite the right word, but it's the unknown, yeah. which the fifties and sixties were obsessed with. Like it came from the unknown. Like, the bottom of the sea or outer space or the middle of the forest. Yeah. It was it was definitely an island in far off Alaska. I just wrote a bunch of like like northern places that all these movies seem to take place in like Canada, Antarctica, whatever. Well, you're talking about, so we we start off talking about Alaska. We get the killer shoes and oh yeah. Really odd triumphant music which then gets kind of scary. Yeah, and all these movies start with like here we are in Alaska. Like, there's always a voiceover, and we get one that's like, the killer shrews. So, we start on a boat. We have these... Go on. Go on. My thought is, we have these two guys on the boat. I mm-hmm. think they're on their honeymoon. Um, <laughs> that's exactly what he asked me. <laughs> but they're talking about um, a Go hurricane on. coming. Okay. Do hurricanes get that far north? Yes, they do. There was okay. one years ago, you may not remember, in the 2000s that hit that north. So it can happen, but it doesn't happen very often. Okay. Now, the other thing is, that was a clear-ass sky, was my first thought. There were some clouds, but they were not, like, pre-hurricane clouds. Your girl has lived in Florida before. Yeah. Uh, that ain't shit, all right? Two. You can smell the quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Two. That boat, right? Mm-hmm. They talk later about how the island is really far away from the mainland and all this shit. That is just like a speedboat. They are not in any kind of yeah. over-the-water, like, long-haul boat. This is just like, it's more than a speedboat. Maybe it's more like a cigar boat, but it's definitely not a boat you would go long distance over a sea yeah. on. I'm sorry. Also, one more thing. When they talk, it is the worst voiceover. Like, oh boy. So the two people we have on the boats are Captain Thorne Sherman and his second-in-command, Rook. Okay, okay, okay. Real question. Was his name Sherman Thorne or Thorne Sherman? I thought it was Thorne Sherman. Oh my god, I thought it was Sherman Thorne. <laughs> Hold on. Your girl gonna look this shit up. Check Wikipedia. Yeah, I'm checking the wiki article. It is, in fact, Thorne Sherman. I thought it was the other way around, that his last name was Thorne, and that they were just calling him his last name through the whole movie. I mean, to Whoops. be fair, Thorne does sound more like, like, who's going to name, who named their first kid Thorne? Who's just like, oh, man, I know what to call my kid that thing that's on a sharp plant. Like, or like a rose. No one. My daughter is Rose. My son is Thorne. My uncle is Brett Michaels. Also, also, Rook is an African-American man uh, in the South, so of course they make some line about how he plays better Dixieland jazz than an autopilot. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. That line got me for some reason. Okay. So these two guys, they are... They're, were, they're, they out look, were they out looking for the island? Or were they just no? Out for so the they were they were giving getting supplies to the island. That was uh, the island needed a resupply. They were hired to supply the island. 
even though later they talk about how self-sufficient the island is, but whatever. Uh, that's the whole reason they go. So they are going to this island owned by Dr. Crates? Yes. Dr. Crates. Or was it Dr. Bates? I thought it was Crates. Um, he had a Swedish accent, and, and so sometimes... It, w- it was Craig. It was Craig's. Oh. But there was his research assistant, which I thought was Bradford. It was Radford. Misheard that the whole time. Baines, which is what I was thinking okay. of. Okay, I know there was there was Dr. Bain. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it was Craig's. Craig's. Okay, well, I haven't done his crates in my notes. I'm going to keep calling that <laughs> That's probably. okay. Sometimes their accents got a little in the way, so you, did, yeah. you kind of misheard them. We can call them crates. <laughs> That's fine. Dr. Crates. Okay. So, yeah, this island's owned by Dr. Crates. And they go to dock, and they have the longest rowboat docking scene of my life. They dock the boat, get out of the boat. Then you have to watch them walk all the way up the dock. Oh, you forgot what they have to tie up the boat. Oh, they have to tie up the boat, walk all the way up the dock. Uh, and you have to watch this whole thing. 50s sci-fi movies either skip hours at a time or make you watch just... <laughs> drawn out scenes of people doing the most mundane stuff. And there's a scene later on in this movie that completely skip. Oh yeah. yeah. They skip hours. We'll get to it. It's great. It's like <laughs> you can just show us like them kind of like bent over, tying the rope, stand up, walk away. You don't have to show us it's a whole thing. <laughs> We're smart enough to fill in the gaps. Oh yeah, we watch them rowing the boat up, tying the boat, getting out of the boat. Oh, it's it was painfully long. It felt like forever. And we are maybe two minutes into the movie right now. As I said, she rode like a duck. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was funny. So uh, we meet three new people. I have them listed as three creepos show up. <laughs> <laughs> I just put uh, we meet some people. Uh, one of them is the hot blonde Anne, who for some reason is wearing like a like a suit and pearls. Like she's wearing a matching skirt. With, like, a matching jacket on the middle of this, like, deserted island. Yeah. And she had a strand <laughs> of pearls on, and her hair was perfectly done. I feel like you should have had to be a little uh, more well-equipped to your environment. <laughs> well, was she wearing I, heels? Uh, she might have been, but I didn't see if she was. But knowing, I don't think I saw anyone's feet in this movie. Knowing <laughs> uh, these types of movies, she probably was, because they were always wearing little heels and, like, trying to run in them. Yeah. Okay. So we, the three creepos that show up that aren't really creepos, whatever. Yeah, they're not real creepos, but we're going to so call them creepos. So Dr. it's Dr. Crates. Dr. Crates. I have Miss Crates. He's going to be Crates. So we He's have Dr. Crates, his daughter, Anne, and the assistant, Jerry. Jerry. Oh, fuck Jerry. Jerry is a, J- Jerry's Jerry's a, a bitch. I hate him. He's the worst. Okay. Okay. We are now five minutes and 13 seconds into this movie before we get sexism. <laughs> Uh, so what does, what does our lovely Captain Thorne say to Anne? Do you have it in your notes? Because oh, I have I, it in I mind. know what he said, but how about you, you tell everyone else to know, because I totally have it written down. Okay, so, uh, they talk about how Anne wants to leave the island the next day. Because of the hurricane, they can't leave until morning. Because apparently, you know, it's one of them eight-hour hurricanes. Yeah, hurricanes are <laughs> scared of the light. They're like vampires. Yeah. Right? Right. So, uh, <laughs> they, she's going to leave with Thorn and Rook the next day. And <laughs> Captain Thorn says, 
it would nice it would be nice to have you on board. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> and he says it look. really creepy and she gives him a look that is like, "Oh, oh, babe, like yes." To which my inner self is screaming, "No." <laughs> <laughs> but this is the 50s. It was fine. This is 1959. You must so. accept the 50s. That's right. All right, so yeah. Uh, Rook heads back to the boat. He's going to tie up the boat or something. And yeah, like he's, and come back. he's, I think he's going to like tie the skiff up or something. I didn't quite catch this because I was writing something down. Yeah. But he goes back to the boat while Thorne heads back to uh, Thor- the, the house or whatever yeah, with everyone Thorne, else. Thorne goes on with the doctor and those folks. Mm-hmm. goes to set up to their base camp. Uh, where there is the worst-looking fence of all time. <laughs> it's like this ramshackle, really tall fence uh, that ends up being incredibly important. <laughs> so apparently the comms have been down to this place for over a week because they had no idea about the hurricane. Right. And because Thorne was like, wait, how do you not know about the hurricane? And they were like, oh, our communications have been down for a week. So that means they had to have called for this resupply over a week ago. Man, yeah. it takes a long time to get shit out to Alaska, which I would believe. Yeah. I could see that. Maybe it was, like, a, just a schedule thing. Like, Yeah, who, who knows. Also, man, Anne just keeps eyeing the captain down this whole freaking scene. So, yeah. Um, she al- wants his thorn. Also, did you notice that in this scene, the background music never, ever stops, ever, through this whole movie, and at times is so loud you cannot hear what they're saying? The music is a weird <laughs> choice throughout the movie. Sometimes <laughs> it feels appropriate to the scene. Sometimes it's just, it's way too intense. Like, I feel like maybe the sound, like, the uh, the music editor was playing a bit far ahead, like something crazy was about to happen, but he just skipped a few, uh, few minutes ahead. Yeah, it just, the music in this movie literally did not stop. It was in every single scene. There's one point it stopped. It was oh, really funny. What? I didn't notice. Tell me. I'll, I'll mention it later. Oh, okay, okay. I wrote it um, down here. <laughs> oh, okay. So then they're in the house, and they have, like, a housekeeper, okay? And Dr. Crates turns, and he's like, oh, Mario. And an Italian man who is very Italian shows up because, you know, Italian has to be named Mario. Yep. <laughs> um. So, let's see here. Then Anne does the weirdest thing. She's standing there in her little suit with her little pearls, and she's like, I have to go change. Why? Why does she have to go change her clothing? She's like, I think I'll change. Change into what? Yeah. She comes back, and she's just wearing, like, a 1950s housewife dress for some reason. Like, why is she so nice? Why are they all so nicely dressed except for Rook, who was not? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the doctor tells Thorne that they're self-sufficient on the island. They have cows for milk, chickens for eggs, nothing about meat. Um, mm-hmm. They even have some horses. And come to think of it, uh, we never saw the cows or the chickens. Did see a horse. Did we see the horse? I know we heard the horse. We saw a horse for a little bit. Oh, you're right. We did. I think I just wrote it off. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's what you do with horses. You ride them. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so then, like, this guy just walks in. He comes out of nowhere. Wait, hey, oh, oh, okay. Go on. I'm sorry. If they're self-sufficient. Why do they need a supply run? I wrote that down. <laughs> uh, my thought is, yeah, you can be self-sufficient with food and stuff, but maybe you need some science equipment, because remember, they're doing science yeah. on the island. So I, I actually wrote that down, but I skipped it because I thought it was stupid. 
But I mean, uh, <laughs> this is gonna sound bad. We live very near Amish country, and they're self sufficient, but even they have grocery stores. Yeah, they, I see them at Meyer sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um. So something's clearly bothering Anne, but we don't know what yet. Yep. And this this guy comes in, says nothing, and just sits down and starts typing, and it is really weird. It's just a typewriter on a table. He just walks in, in and just. He just starts typing and just starts saying science things that we do not understand. Like, every science fiction movie in the 50s does this, where they're just like, ah, oh, the atoms and the neutron, like, stuff that no one will ever understand that is clearly not science. There's a lot of pseudoscience in these movies. Yeah, but... <laughs> I mean, that's the thing with modern sci-fi movies as right, well. Right, right. And we, we found out... You can't out, explain it. It's quantum. Right. Uh, exactly. Or nanobots. Anyway, we find out that this is a research assistant by the name of... Was it Rayford? I thought yes. it was Bradford. Um, I thought it was Bradford, but I think it was Rayford. Uh, it, this is this is Baines, who you were talking about. Yeah, Dr. Baines. Ba- yeah, this is Dr. Baines, uh, who apparently can just do this for hours and is very strange. He's a quirky guy, cause, but he's super smart, because that's just a character. That's just a character trait. So he's... Dr. Bane is talking to... Uh, is it Bane or Baines? Um... It is Baines. Okay. And he's talking to Dr. Crates. Yeah. And he says a bunch of science, 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 hurricane he's stuff. He's talking about samples and exposing things to group and genetic testing, things like that. We don't know quite what he's talking about, but we probably do because we know the movie's called The Killer Shrews. Right. But then, so he's talking about genetics. He's talking about biology, um, which Do- is, yeah, which is also something Dr. Crates starts talking about. But then he says a line that I think I even mentioned out loud. We were trying not to talk to each other about it much because we were trying to take notes and we were trying to kind of keep our thoughts to ourselves for the podcast. We do practical research here, as opposed to what? Is he talking like, yeah, we do actual research, like we we like, research on things, or are they talking like versus what theoretical research? Or what my is my guess about? was they were doing research by like testing on actual things rather than just like looking through books and instead of like theoretical theory. research yeah. i just thought the the line was weird because he's like we do practical research here yeah. i was like as opposed to what so then we get into what they're researching and i wrote it down and it doesn't make sense and it's wild so i gotta i gotta hold on for a second here because <laughs> I'm, I'm like rubbing my temples because the pseudoscience in these movies kills me like i have a friend that has a doctorate in um, botany, and she can't watch these movies because it hurts her too much. So, do you have it written in your notes, or should I go through it in mine? Because it, it's fucking what? <laughs> go for it. Okay. You take the reins on this one. Okay. So, they are trying to lower metabolism in order to lengthen the lifespan of people. So, they're trying to, like, half your metabolism so you eat Less food through the day, so that way you can live longer. That, or I also interpreted it as you can eat the same amount of food, but live twice as long. Also a possibility. Not It doesn't 100% explain yeah. it. But basically, we humans will need less energy right. to function to, and survive. Okay, so why do they deal, do this? To deal with overpopulation. Um, is this so that way we have to have less food to feed people because we'll be overpopulated, which, by the way, right now, according to Dr. Crates, is not a problem, but will be in the future. Or 
Is that what they're trying to do? Because that makes literally no sense. To solve Oprah population, we make people live longer. Yes, exactly. We make people live twice as long by lowering their metabolism to deal with overpopulation. I guess the only thing I can think of is that you'll eat less food so you can support more people? I guess. There's some fucking question marks over this. I have more notes. There's more science talk about this later that we'll come back to. I don't want to loop into it now, but we'll loop back to this. Was I also correct in hearing that, if it was just the testing or not, but something about making people smaller? Yes, they'll be half their size. Because of lower metabolism, you'll weigh less. Duh. Maybe that's what is is a spacing issue. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? Remember that movie a couple years ago, Downsizing? I, yeah, I remember it, but I never watched it. But isn't that the one where you could live cheaper yeah, if you, you were real little because you were, like, the size of a doll so you could have a lot more money or whatever? Yeah, you get shrunken down from the... Tr- I never watched the movie. I Apparently, never did either. <laughs> after, like, the first act, it just got real boring. Mm-hmm. But from my understanding in the trailer, people could take their money and shrink themselves down to be about four to five inches high or so. Yeah. And then they could use that money... To just, you know, buy smaller things. But right. they could live lavishly. You know, they could yeah, have a that's, mansion that's the size of a dollhouse. Right. I, I, I'm I pretty sure that's that was the whole premise of the I movie. I remember that and the trailer had talking <laughs> heads in it. Uh, I don't think that's what they were going for here, but I like to think it is. Uh, this is a prequel. This is absolutely the prequel. So, we get into something that sounds really, really wild now, but I actually looked into right after we finished watching the movie. So there's the hurricane coming. Mm-hmm. And now they know this. So Thorne tells them to open the doors and windows. Oh, my God. No, no, no. <laughs> You're going to destroy your fucking house. That's just going to be flooded. The wind's going to whip on in and destroy you. But I looked up why. So back in the 50s and 60s, mm-hmm. like back in the day, there used to be this myth that if you opened your doors and windows, it would equalize the pressure of the house to the outside and stop your shit from getting destroyed. I'm gonna go ahead and say no. (laughs) Yeah, no, like as if, as as if like opening the window is gonna stop your house from being, I don't know, flooded. Destroyed. (laughs) That's, that's actually was a thing that they thought. I didn't either. Like I said, I had to look that up because I thought it was just really weird. I was yeah. like, I was like, open your windows during a hurricane. What are you doing? You want to batten down the hatches? Like I said, I've lived in Florida, plywood, baby. Bar that shit up. <laughs> yeah. Th- so that's why they did that. He was like, ah, oh, you got to open your <laughs> windows. I have opened the doors and windows during a hurricane. Thorns kind of dim. <laughs> no, no. So Anne invites Thorn for dinner. Oh, by the way, Rook has not come back. They've just forgotten about him. Yep. So Anne's like, Anne's like, oh, come to dinner. And like this real sultry voice. And the doctor's like, no, you have to get back on the boat. And they're fighting about it, but we don't know why yet. And she's like, no, but I invited him to dinner. And he's like, I don't want dinner. I guess I'll go back to the boat because it's real weird. Um, so <laughs> we don't know why, but the doctor's like really fucking weird. He's like trying to be hospitable. He's like, get on out of He's here. He's like, get on out of Freshen here. Freshen your drink. One for the road. You came on a boat. What road am I talking about? Get out. Here's a vodka. Yeah. Vodka, to- not just a vodka. <laughs> a vodka tonic. <laughs> Here's a vodka. I'd you give know. you some vodka, but Jerry drank it all. <laughs> Jerry is a 
fucking drunk. There's a quote I have here somewhere of like. Oh no no no! Tell me when we get to it because we go back. We uh, circle back to some science stuff yeah. again. So I told you we'd circle back to the science because here's some more science. So, There's been a breakthrough. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I misread my notes. This is not considered a breakthrough, but good work. What? <laughs> Why did you bring that up? Because I wanted to be dramatic, but I realized that um, the doctor said that this is not a breakthrough, but good progress. Okay, thank you. Because we I'm haven't keeping things on track. You are because <laughs> we haven't talked about what the science. So Doctor Baines comes back up with the sole survivor test subject from their experimentation so far, or at least for one of the groups. Right, for one of the groups, and it's a shrew, and it's twenty-eight months old, which is very old for a shrew. Shrews don't actually live that long. Oh, but what's the equivalency of that in human years? One of the doctors says it is 140 years equivalent to us. So is this like, this is like dog years where they say like, oh, you know, every dog year or every year to a person is seven dog years. Yeah. I didn't do the math to see how many months 140 years would be. Can you do that real quick? I've got a calculator. Oh, yes. Thank you. So anyway, they say it's... That is 3,360 months. Thank you. By 28. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, about 20, 120 years. Wait, for what? I was asking how many years is a month. And it's 140 years old equivalent. Yeah, basically... Um, my brain's dumb and I'm bad at math. Come back to me. <laughs> okay, okay. So... <laughs> It's like 28 months old, and they've lowered the metabolism by half, and it's not sluggish. So it's, it's as Gus was yelling about, it's not a breakthrough, but it's cr- progress a second ago. Thanks for that. Did you figure out what I was asking you for? Get back to me. Okay. <laughs> so Math's hard. So it turns out the reason that they can figure this out is because shrews have a very, very short breeding time. Uh, they can breed like once a month or so. Um, kind of like rabbits, they can have many multiple generations in a year. That's why they are using shrews. Uh, but okay, so they lower. Okay, go on. Okay, so one year for a human is about mm-hmm. sixty years for this shrew. <laughs> Thank you. My math was shit before. It's probably still shit there. But <laughs> I'm a communications major. I was going to be accounting. Math sucks. That's why I stopped accounting. So. Here's where we get into some real weird shit. So they half the metabolism of the shrew, right? But it has to eat every eight hours during the nighttime because they can't see during the day. And they have to eat three times their weight every 24 hours or they'll die. Yep. That's with half the metabolism it had before feels a little backwards i don't like what also they can eat anything including each other and bones and bones they'll eat bones for the marrow uh they can dig real real well but they cannot climb uh they'll leave teeth hair fur that's about it they'll eat everything else right and thorn asks how big do they get which is interrupted by a dramatic music sting (laughs) and dr crate's looking sweaty Yes, Dr. Crates just looks real sweaty for some reason, like he's just run four marathons. Yeah, three and a half marathons. We don't need to exaggerate here. So this is where I realized how, 
Rook has been gone for a really long time because I missed the scene where he got on the boat. Yeah. And I'm just, I just wrote, how long is Rook on that boat? Why is no one worried about him? So I have in my notes here that um, Mario takes Thorne to the guest room. Mm-hmm. After this scene, we do a quick flashback onto Rook leaving mm-hmm. the boat. Yes. I have Rook is back on the boat now. This dude's going to get eaten. <laughs> you know what's up. Uh, anyway. So then we find out that this is where we find out that Jerry is a drunk and that he's super obsessed with Anne. And uh, Jerry is an irresponsible drunk. That's what I have in my notes. Thank you. Uh, I, (laughs) as were all men in the fifties anyway. (laughs) So he left the cage door open and one of the shrew, like one of the shrews, I guess it would have to be two of the shrews got out and managed to escape onto the island, which does not sound like a bad, a bad, we're just going to say a bad, uh, until we find out what happens later. So, let's see, where are we now? So Mario has taken um, Dr. Thorne to a guest room. Basically, they're uh, like... No, he took him to the bathroom, thank you. Oh, it was did, did. not the guest room. <laughs> it was the bathroom, because he washes his hands. Yeah, he was, <laughs> he was watching him wash his hands. Yeah, like a creep. Like, I'll get off on watching you wash hands. Oh, he's so hot. I see why Anne likes him. Oh, I see why Jerry's threatened by him. Jerry, everyone wants to fuck Thorne. Oh, Thorne, you're right. Even even Jerry secretly wants to fuck Thorne. I thought you guess everyone wants to fuck Anne. I mean, they do. People can be bisexual. That's that's (laughs) true. You and I both are. Yeah. Hell yeah. Everyone's got a butt. Anyway. Do you need a napkin there? <laughs> I was taking a drink of water and I spit it all over myself and the floor. <laughs> okay, I got it. I'll just wipe it on my shirt. It's pajamas. It's fine. Yeah, that's right. I'm recording in pajamas. <laughs> oh, that went up my nose. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's fine. It's fine. It's just really fucking funny. Okay, so... Oh God. Where, where the hell am I? Okay, so um, Anne's berating Jeremy. Jeremy. Jerry. Jerry. Jeremy, you know, Pearl Jam. Anyway. So berating Jerry for leaving the cage open. Jerry storms off. Thorne comes in, and she and Anne start talking. They start talking. Jerry start comes smoking. back. Yeah, they're smoking. Jerry comes back. He acts like Thorne was about to fucking throw her on the floor and do it right then. He was listening outside of the door. I'm surprised he didn't pull a glass out and hold his up to his ear. I'm surprised he didn't, like, break a bottle off of that bar and just try to shank Thorne the way he was acting. He was acting like dude was moving in on his turf. All they were doing was having, like, a really innocuous conversation about nothing. Like... She was kind of cueing him in on the shrews because newsflash, the scientists know that the shrews are giant. Yep. <laughs> and Spoilers. she's, yeah. And she's not supposed to tell anybody, but she's like kind of going to. And Jerry just comes in and is like, fuck you, Thorn. Getting all pissed and indignant because he's jealous because he wants to fuck one of them at least. <laughs> he wants, to, oh no, he wants to resum it out right then and there. Yep. So then we go back to Rook, who... Yep. Storm's picking up. The storm's picking up, and all of a sudden, we see something come... They're here. They come from the distance. The dogs. The dogs and rugs. Dogs and rugs. We see our first look at the giant shrews. They are just dogs <laughs> with carpet on top of them. 
literally, or maybe some ropes gently draped over their backs. Um, but they are clearly just some dogs. It's great. And Rook immediately just like starts shooting. He's shooting, you know, like he's got pistol. He's running. He starts climbing a tree and yelling for help. He yells, "Help the poor!" Yeah, he does yell, "Help the poor!" Oh, but everybody at the house can't hear him because as we keep seeing the same flash of lightning in the sky, literally, it keeps cutting away. It's about four or five times. Four or five times to the same flash of lightning in the sky. Oh no, they they can't hear him because of all of the thunder, and he's just screaming, help me, help the poor. He's up in this tree. He's shooting down at them. The, They're jumping like they want a dog treat. <laughs> they're getting at him. That's probably how they were getting him to act. That probably was. Oh, all the way, what's the noise those shrews were making? <laughs> that, that's, it was about 20% kind of scary and 80% annoying. Uh. <laughs> I would say it was 90% annoying and no percent scary and 10% funny. <laughs> <laughs> there was like, that's fair. It really was like a ha, 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 noise, but a lot more shrill and yeah. just repetitive. Uh, and he's, he's in the tree. Tree falls over. Tree falls over. Or he falls out of the tree. He fa- I'm not well, sure which happens. Like the tree starts to crack and it's a very small tree. He's not in like a big fuck you tree. Like he climbed, <laughs> He's running through a forest, and he climbs the skinniest tree a man could climb. I don't know how this man got into the tree. He's not thin. I'm not saying, like... He was a rotund gentleman. I'm not saying he was a fat guy, but he was larger. I don't understand how this dude was able to even get up in this tree, because it was like a sapling-sized tree. And, And I kid you not, in the background, we can see... Bigger trees, like full oak-sized trees. But this tree falls down, Rook dies, and then lightning hits another tree and falls down. There's a fire. And and there's a fire, which, by the way, the fire doesn't do anything. Yeah, there's a fire. I have that in my nose. Fire, nothing fucking happens with that. No, but the tree falls down. And it takes the power out. That's all that happens from this tree. Okay. So, after Rook, very unfortunately. Actually. Oh, yeah. The power goes out later. It does. But that's what causes the power to go out, I think, is that tree falling. I think it just cuts. I think it just cut The way that they film it, it's a little weird. Like, why did they show the tree falling over? It does happen a little later. I thought But we we have a little conversation before that. So, this is where, boom, boom. And tells Thorn about the shrews. So, <laughs> Thorn is like, it's it's getting dark, it's getting stormy. I'm heading back to the boat. I'm gonna go check on Rook. No, you no can't. One op- no one opens the gate after dark. Why not? Rook. Rook's like, oh my god, why? Thorn's like, why? I can't tell you. No one does. And he's like. What if I do? And pulls a gun on him. <laughs> she literally, I kid you not, bitch gets off the couch. She's like following him like, no, Thorne, you can't. You know, like in every 50s movie yeah. where they're like, no. She reaches up onto the mantle where for some reason they just keep a loaded pistol. She reaches, I'm sorry, maybe it's a revolver. I don't know. She reaches up, grabs it, and just points it at him. And he's like, what? <laughs> like, Bish got Glock on him <laughs> for some reason. And packing heat. And is packing the heat. 
And then Thorne's just like, okay, well, let's talk. Give me the gun. Yeah. She hands it over very calmly. She, she just places it back on he, the mantle. He puts it back on the mantle where she could easily reach it again. He puts it so, more casually than you put your drink. Right. Like, he he's like, I, this ain't shit because I'm a man. Anyway, and she, so she goes, well, she tells him about the giant shrew. She's like, she's like she's have like, you ever heard of a shrew? They're the most horrible animals on earth. And he's like, what? She's like, you know, that thing the doctor showed you earlier. And he's like, oh, that was a shrew. That's great. She's like, yeah, they're giant and killer. And he, I kid you not, he goes, why did you pull a gun on me to tell me that? Why didn't you just tell me that? <laughs> to which I'm like, thank you. Someone has some GD sense in this movie. We then find out that there are two or three hundred giant shrews on the island, each weighing 50 to 100 pounds. That is between 10,000 and 30,000 pounds of shrew. Okay. There's another thing. The shrews are at the gate right now, where we also, there was a line, why don't we open the gate? Well, because some shrews attacked Jerry and Anne the night before. Mm -hmm. Now, this thing is wood. We've already established that they can do real good, right? And that they can destroy just about anything they want to to get food. They'll take down, like, food that's three or four times their size. We've already gone through that. Yep. So why don't the shrews either, one, dig under the fence? It's dirt. It's clearly dirt. Or two, rip through the fence that is probably some plywood from the looks of it, like strips of plywood. They, But no, they stand outside it and snarl and look through this little hole it's about eyeball size. There's a little knot hole. There's like a little knot hole that's like right at their eye. And whenever it shows them outside the fence, they're like, ha, 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 ha. And you this can just see the, the one, puppet versions of the, the one eye. Mm-hmm. All right. So Dr. Crates, he comes in. He admits, it's like, yeah, there's these shrews and all this stuff. And we learn about the history of how the shrews became giant. Hang on, because there's one thing that I wrote down. Jerry comes back in and he's going to smack Anne around like every other man in the 50s at the time. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Once again, I will state, <laughs> fuck Jerry. Fuck Jerry. Uh, and then, I'm sorry, I just, I really wanted to tell you that because I wrote that down. I wrote like every man in the 50s and I just wanted <laughs> to get it out because men be beating women in the 50s. <laughs> sorry. All right. So, so Dr. Crates talks to us about, not us, but Thorne, about the no, shrews. He talks to us. We're in this movie now. Oh, shit. <laughs> Damn. Where's the cat? <laughs> He's fine. So they started their experiments six months ago. They came to this island because it's remote. Wait a minute. That makes no sense. That shrew was 28 months old. That means they had to have started this experiment way before they got to the island. Maybe this is... That's a good point. Maybe this is when they moved to this island. They could tell things were getting a bit weird and they moved everything out there. I'm just saying. What? Yep, that's fair. Anyway... (laughs) So he was talking about they were doing experiments. Mm-hmm. The rate of the growth of these shrews were very abnormal. A direct quote was from Dr. Crates, Crates, the doctor. Yeah. They were mutants. They inherited all the negative characteristics of their race. So basically, we now have giant shrews that can multiply within two to three weeks of being born. And they are pissed. Yeah. Uh, by the way, it was six shrews that escaped. 
like you said, I, I we said that one escaped earlier. It was six of them. We just didn't know that at the time. But yeah, they pissed. So and six shrews multiplied into two or three hundred. Right. And they weigh, as Anne said, 50 to 100 pounds a piece. And they can take down anything that's like three times their size. So they be able to eat humans and horses. Now, the problem is you oh, that's have... That's where the cows and chickens went. That is where the cows and chickens went, I'm sure. We've got 300 of these bad boys roaming this island, right? So they've already eaten all the food on the island, except for apparently the horse and them. Well, the horse is in the barn. Right, exactly. And them. So they're starting to cannibalize, like, each other. Now, they can't see in the daylight. Yeah, they, so they only forge at, at night. night. Daylight blinds them. Right, So, which is true of shrews. They're, they're a nocturnal yeah. animal. Um, so the idea is that... Within a couple of days, because they'll have run out of food, they'll start to cannibalize each other, and they'll die out. Just got to wait it out. Got to wait it out. Now, this is where the power gets cut. Yes. So I'm wondering if the Rook thing was going on during that conversation, but it wasn't filmed very well, because otherwise... Because they fucked up the editing? Yeah, because they fucked up the editing, because it's a 50s movie. Yeah. Uh, because otherwise, why did we see that tree fall down on fire? That... That's, yeah, that's a thought. My thought was just that a shrew cut through the power line. Or, you know, it's a hurricane. The winds yeah. probably bitched that shit out. Either way, it's a horror movie, so the power goes out. Yeah. the, more the most convenient, inconvenient time. And they start getting candles and, you yeah. know, all that shit. So then, okay, let's see. What do I have? So, oh, okay. So, so Jerry talks to Dr. Bain about Anne. Jerry's a whiner and a bitch. Okay, so... Jerry is complaining about Thorn, and I wrote a line down that I, I was wild to me because what is he trying to insinuate here? He says Thorn looks like a man that will try anything. I wasn't sure if he was talking about like sushi or butt stuff. I was like, what is he talking about? Is he insinuating he's going to attack Anne? Is he talking about butt stuff? Is he talking about Jerry, maybe? We don't know. Is he talking about sexual assault? Is he talking... (laughs) Is he talking about buying a new car? (laughs) Like, what? He just, like, says this out of nowhere. (laughs) And, like, it took me a second to realize that he wasn't talking to Thorne for some reason. Because, again, I was looking down. I didn't realize he was talking to Rayford. It took me a minute, because we have... Rayford, Jerry, and Thorne all look pretty similar. They're 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 all white white dudes. dudes, White dudes with dark hair that are all wearing, well, what is essentially a white coat because it's black and white. So we don't know what color they're actually wearing. So they they look very similar. Oh, and they all have that 1950s part on the side. Um, But Rayford clearly looks different because he's wearing glasses, but he's not wearing them in this scene because it's nighttime and dark. He's a nerd. Because he's a nerd. I'm a nerd. I'm wearing my glasses right now. You just got new ones, yeah. Yeah, I did. They're nice. So (laughs) then, okay, go on. So then (laughs) the unthinkable happens, and the shrews get into the barn. No, 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 no. Mm -mm. There's some stuff before that. There's some stuff before that. Uh, Anne is talking to Thorne in the living room, and she's trying to flirt hard freaking core with him. She's like, don't you want to know about the weird stuff on the island, like my accent? And every time she asks him a flirty question, Thorne has written her ass off harder than a, anything. He's just like, uh-huh, yep, oh? yep. You're a strange man, Thorne. Oh. Yeah, I know. 
because then we get uh, Jerry. Remember, we we then get where the I wanted to bring that up because yeah. it was just really funny to me where she's like, "Hey, Thorn, you're sexy," and he's just like, yeah, "Okay." <laughs> I just wanted to bring that up. So the accent thing. Don't you wonder about weird things like my accent? She's Swedish, by the way. It's her, it's yeah. she's. Uh, has a terrible Swedish accent. But then the shrew gets into the barn because it dug through the dirt floor yep. because the doctor talks about how it's a dirt floor later. Uh, the shrew eats, eats the, the horse. horse. And we hear just the worst neighing. So Thorne is like, oh my God, because he thought the neighing of a horse sounded like a guy yelling. I don't know what that was. He's like, I heard a man yelling. And Jerry runs up. And cold cock punches Thorn in the side of the head because Thorn wanted to go check on the livestock in the barn. But Thorn is screaming that it's Rook and that it sounds like a guy. But it was clearly a horse neighing and Rook is already dead. So I don't... They don't know that Rook's dead yet. No, they don't know that Rook's dead yet. But we do... So how could it sound like a guy? It was clearly... There is no way... It was clearly... A stock sound of a very loud horse. And he's like, it could be Rook. And yeah, Jerry, who's very drunk. He's been drinking this whole movie. Yeah. He does. He just like Muhammad Ali takes him out. So yeah, unfortunately, our horse friend is gone. So then uh, we go back to Crates, who's like, we, expen- we came to this island because it was really far away from everyone and we could run this experiment. Yeah. It was privately funded. Mm-hmm. There's no government involvement. Shrews can't swim, so the rest of the world's not in danger, just stuff on this island. Right, because Thorne says, why didn't you call the goddamn Coast Guard if you knew... Just burn the whole thing just down. Just burn the whole thing down. And he's like, no, one, the Coast Guard's not come out here. We're really far away. And two, we conducted this experiment away from where we knew we could get in trouble because... If something went out of hand, all the shoes are just going to die on the island. Yep. And it's like, wow, what a shitty way to conduct science. Like, yeah, at least he's thinking ahead. He's thinking ahead, but ethics, man. Like, he's thinking of people lives, sure, but you still have to think about the lives of your test subjects, right? I yeah, mean, again, it was and again, it was 1959, <laughs> but yeah. you know. So, yeah. Oh, but, again, that fucking speedboat made it all the way out there, even though they were, like, really (laughs) far away. Also, one more thing that I just thought about. In the very, very beginning of the movie, when they look at the island through their binoculars, Mm -hmm. it was clearly a tropical island they were looking at. Was it? Yes. It looked very tropical. (laughs) This whole movie doesn't... Aside from, like, the opening couple lines, Mm -hmm. I forget this movie takes place in Alaska. Yeah, this movie is in Alaska, so it clearly is not a tropical island. But when they, like, zoom in through the binoculars, it kind of looks like a tropical island. Mm Sorry, wanted to go back to that. Okay, so the shoes are going to die out. Whatever. Um, So, wait, but what about the house? How can they be safe in the house? Because the walls are adobe when that gets wet. The floor is tile. But why is the house a liability? Because it's made of Adobe. Adobe Premiere. Now. That thing crashes all the time. <laughs> now, for, for those of you that don't know what Adobe is, one, I don't know why you're making it out of Adobe up in Alaska, but it's where you have hard clay 
that surrounds like a soft mud to make a wall. It's used in Mexico. Yeah. I don't know that you would use it in Alaska. I could be wrong. But because of the hurricane, the mud, it's becoming mud. Yeah. So now. Like there's, Thorne was talking about like there's a little of plaster on the outside. But yes. once that gets chipped off, as soon as it gets wet, it is turning to mud. It turns to mud. Because their Excuse thought was, <laughs> ew, was. Yes, I had to say that on. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, their thought was like, we can just stay in the house until they all die out. Like, duh, this is the floor's tile. But that's when Thorne's like, yeah, but once the plaster chips away, because they're digging at the walls, they can get right on through to yeah. the other side, just like the doors. Um, <laughs> uh, so basically the plan is stay in as long as they can, get to the boat in daylight. Right. Get tr- we just have to make it to daylight is is the is the yeah. whole plan. So they're going to rotate their watch every hour and a half. Jerry and Thorne have a drink at the same time. They are in sync. They are secret lovers. This <laughs> confirms it. This is all in my notes. <laughs> the team goes on group watch. So one person patrols while everyone else sleeps. Yeah, every hour and a half, you know, the standard fantasy movie stuff yeah. that they do all the time. Um, standard D&D. So Jerry wakes up, but he's real drunk because Mario was on the first watch. And he comes in, and it's clear that Jerry doesn't understand Italian. Uh, and Jerry is still talking about Anne and Thorne, and he's real drunk. And Mario's just in there. It's like, dude, it's your turn to do the watch. Come on. Yeah. Get your ass up. So Jerry's like, Mario, Mario, we're going to live through this, you and me. Uh, here's what we're gonna fuck do. Fuck the rest of them. Fuck, you fuck and everyone. Me, you, me, and Anne. Fuck Thorne. Here's what we're gonna do. And the doctor, apparently. Yeah, and the doctor. Here's what we're gonna do, Mario. It's supposed to be my watch. But you're already awake, and I'm real drunk. <laughs> so what we're gonna do is you're gonna take my watch, even though you've already had an, an hour and a half watch. You're gonna take my watch. It's supposed to then be Thorne's, but you're not gonna wake him up. You're gonna come wake me up. Because by then, I'll feel better. Because I won't be drunk anymore. Jerry would be a real shitty co-worker, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah, I'll cover your shift, bro. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, he's like, I'll take the shit. I'll take his shift. And my thought is that he's then going to, like, wake up Anne and they're going to abandon him. I don't know why he wants to do this plan. It's a real shitty plan. Jeremy's not the smartest uh, yeah. in the shed. J- Jerry, not Jeremy. I keep calling him fucking Jeremy. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, so... (laughs) I forgot this is the next part. So Mario, in his wisdom, is like, all right, fine, whatever, fuck you, Jerry. And he just leaves. He's just like, yeah, CCC or whatever he says. And he goes into the kitchen where, of course, the windows are open because of fucking Thorn saying you need to open the windows in a hurricane. By the way, don't know if you noticed, this is the only window open in the house. Yep is this one window, and there is a shrew in the cellar, and it goes, and he slams the cellar door. Shrew's at the door, trick or treat. And he slams the door, and he turns, and the kitchen window's open. He slams the shutters closed. I forgot. Sorry, go ahead. No, okay. He slams it closed, and he ties it closed with, like, a rope, but it doesn't really tie it. He's kind of, like, loops the rope around <laughs> yeah. the two shutters, like, like the handles. Like, kind of fancy cards you get at, like, CVS. The ones are, like, $8. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, do you mean the ones where you have, like, the little, little string and it wraps around? Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. fancy he, cards. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, he kind of does that. He just kind of, like, loops a rope around. It doesn't really tie it. But it's closed enough, and he, like, 
panics because... Uh, I yeah. want to say there's a part we skipped over here in my notes. Oh, no. What is it? Because while we saw the shrew, you know, sneaking in, but before Mario saw it, uh-huh. Jerry is yeah. talking to Mario again. Uh-huh. And he calls... Um, he said, why would Anne go for a common sea tramp I, like him? I forgot... That I have it in my notes, but I scratched something out, so I forgot about it. I actually squared it. Because Jerry is thirsty, and there's only salt water around. I forgot. And about Mario. I Jerry and Mario should kiss. And should. get eat. Yeah. I totally oh, sorry. I wrote eated. <laughs> I forgot that he called Thorn a common sea tramp, and I skipped over it, and I even starred that shit. So, you know, yep. I was so excited. The common sea tramp. Then I, Jerry shows his patrol duty on Mario. I, I was so excited to get to the weird shrew thing. And there's a shrew in the cellar. He wants Hot Pockets. Why did I write that? <laughs> so the shrew's in the cellar because they opened that window earlier. This is Thorne's fault. Fuck Thorne. He did this. This is his fault because they had to open the windows to equalize the pressure because of the hurricane. Fuck that noise. So this is also the point where we get a pretty good look at the close-ups of the puppets right. for the shrews, uh, because, not just the dogs and rugs. Right, because when they're outside, they're the dogs and rugs because they have to be moving. Yeah, now, or if we see them, we're seeing them through that little knot hole right, and you can right. just see their eyes, a little bit of teeth. So how'd the puppets look? Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it was some, it was like rubber masks with yeah. just shitty teeth. It was They weird. had these really long teeth. Look up the killer shrews and just look at them because they look yeah. wild. I mean... They really do look like some rubber masks, probably stretched over something that could open and close their mouths. Yeah. Uh, and their teeth were really, really long. And they just, they looked terrible. It looked like if you took a rubber mask of a rat and just put fangs on it. But yeah. made the fangs like four inches long. Maybe not quite it's four. Just hairy all over. And you can, you can clearly tell that there's rubber on there. Yeah. The first starts... So, much further down. So, yeah, the, the shrew gets in through that window. Mario shuts it. He shuts the cellar. And now I had a question that I wrote down. Mm-hmm. If the shrew got in, why did it immediately go to the cellar? Why didn't it, like, wouldn't it have, like, been able to, like, sniff out Anne and be like, I'm going to eat Anne first. I think it was just looking around because the kitchen window where it came through, the closest thing to it was the cellar. So I think it just went to the cellar first. I know. I mean, I'm just being ridiculous. Yeah. I just thought about it. So, so Mario. The mu- yeah. The music gets really, really loud here, by the way. Yep. It gets pumping. So Mario, like, slaps Thorn awake. He's like, Thorn, Thorn, Thorn. It's in the house. He goes to wake Thorn instead of Jerry because Jerry sucks. Because Jerry sucks and is drunk. So Mario, thankfully, was like, who do I wake up? Do I wake up the guy that's suave and handsome and boat pilot <laughs> i meant to say captain <laughs> the boat flies now or do oh, i that go would be convenient oh yeah or do i go get jerry's bitch drunk ass the drunk guy who's been cussing up a storm all night and making me do his work and mm-hmm. so he gets storm being a great old dingle and they're they get some flashlights they got a gun and they go down into the cellar Thorne also wakes up Anne before this. He does. He does wake up Anne because they don't wake up Rayford and they don't wake up Dr. Crates, but by God, they wake up Anne. Well, I thought they told Anne to go wake them. I think they did, but I just mean like, you would think you would wake everybody first, but no, whatever. So yeah, they wake up Anne because, yeah, whatever. Now, did you think the same thing I did where they go down in the cellar and they're looking and they can't find it? It's a dog. He's 50 to 100 pounds. It hides real easily for a dog in a rug. Especially because at one point, there was a light shone right on 
the the mask. They shine it right on its face. Now this I can't quite tell if it was the mask that you know Thorne or Mario were holding, or if it was a light from the production. Oh, you mean the light that they were holding? Because you said the mask they were holding. Yes, I did. Sorry. Yeah, That's the light, okay. like the flashlight. Yeah. Them were, holding were they it. holding the flashlight or was it a production light? Because, yeah, they clearly shine a light on its face and was they it, can't see it. Was it a light on there just so that the audience could see it? Yeah. Because, man, it takes them a while to find this thing. Yeah. So, okay. Oh, also, I wrote on here that I didn't get to use earlier it was. Yeah. Shrew came in through the kitchen window. Okay. Nothing. Damn. Okay. So anyway, um, the shrew is hiding under the stairs. So it's, it's hiding under the stairs. And they're like the stairs, with like no backs on them, so you can see it through the stairs. Yeah, you can see it through the stairs. Like, I'm not. I'm just saying, it's hiding real well for a big dog. Like, you don't hear it, you don't see it. It's probably pretty smelly. It lives in the woods. But so when the shrew, the shrew pops out at Mario, right? Did it not look like it just rubbed its head on him? It, so the shrew <laughs> jumps up from under the stairs, bites, bites Mario, Mario right in the leg. Mario falls down. But it looks like instead, you know when a cat comes up to you and it rubs its head <laughs> yeah. on you affectionately to like get you to pet it or to mark its scent on you? That's what it looked like. It looked like it did not bite him. It looked like it rubbed its head on him affectionately. But nah. So Mario shrieks, falls over. Thorn <laughs> bursts through some boxes. He is he, gun- he is running like the fucking juggernaut. He comically runs through those boxes too. Like he doesn't run around them. No, no, no. He like he doesn't even shove them out of his way. He just kind of he just full tilt sprints into them and they fall. It is. It was so funny. <laughs> And once Thorne gets there, sees him right on the ground, this is the point in the movie where, for once, the music just stops dead. <laughs> I did not notice because I was trying not to laugh at him comically running through those boxes. It really is like I'm the juggernaut bitch through the boxes, but way more comical. He's, like, got a gun in his hands, like a rifle yeah. or a shotgun. So he's, like, swinging that thing around as he's going, and it's just... And the box is so kind of just like flop, flop over. It's so beautiful. So he shoots the shrew. Like, it looks terrible. He shoots it like the shoulder or the face or whatever. It dies. And the doctor comes down finally, you know, whatever. And Mario's already dead. Thorne was trying to tie a tourniquet using... Mario had a pistol. Thorne had a shotgun. Yeah. He's using the gun barrel of the pistol... To tie a tourniquet. That actually wouldn't be a bad idea. You would want something. I've I've taken first aid classes. If you're yeah. going to do a tourniquet with, like, say, a towel. Yeah, you can or tie a propeller. Right. You can, yeah, exactly. You, like, propel yeah. it to help. Otherwise, you can't get it tight enough by hand unless you're using some, like, unless you're using something, like, elastic. Yeah. So it would make sense that he would use the pistol. Th- it just looks funny. Yeah. Um, and I have in my notes here, did Mario die from a leg bite? Yep. Yeah. So Mario dies, and they're like, but it's not nearly fast enough for him to have bled out because... Thorne even says, I got to him right away. He couldn't have bled out now. Right. Because bleeding out, it can be fast depending on, like, where it is. Like, if you... Like, the throat. Yeah. But it's actually slower than you think it is, even though it is pretty quick. Especially because he got him in, like, like Right. He got calf. like right there. Like, he got him... Yeah, in, like, the calf. You could... Again, unless you hit, like, a certain artery... You could yeah. stop the bleeding with a tourniquet, especially how fast he got to him. He should not have died that quickly. Yeah. So then Bradford looks at him and he's like, I'm going to 
toxic syndrome, which is like, wait a minute, how how is that a thing? Like, what? <laughs> how so, did? And the other thing is, how did it kill him that quickly? Because even if you get seconds. bitten, it was, it was like seconds, ten seconds yeah, tops. Because if you get bitten by a snake, like. Yeah, you'll die. You can die, depending on the snake. But you still have time to get to the hospital. Yeah. This was, like, Instant. immediate. So, this is... There's one thing that kills me here. Actually, two things. So, they start... Something that killed Mario. Something, yeah, exactly. So, they start to look at the wound, and they look at the shrew to try to figure out, like, how did he die so quickly? Again, hematoxic syndrome. Yeah. They keep saying that it had a high poison... Poison content yep. in its saliva. Radford is examining the dead shrew. Mm-mm. Crates is examining the... Uh, I have the, something to say. I was going to say the dead man, Mario. Yes, go ahead. So, poison. Wouldn't it be venom? Because if it bites something, wouldn't that be venom, not poison? Well, that's when we learned <laughs> that Dr. Crates made a poison to bait the, as bait for the shrews. So he would try and kill them. The shrews assimilated the poison into their saliva glands, making it so that they can poison with their bite. So I guess it is poison, so, not venom. I guess so. But the thing is, you're telling there's there's a couple things here. One, we skipped over the fact that Anna's a zoologist that specializes in diet. Uh, and that Thorn said, "I'll take a." Hang on, I want to go over that one because it was so <laughs> offensive. <laughs> it was so offensive. I got. I was genuinely like, I wanted to get up and walk away from this one. So hang on, let's let's back up, let's back up, let's back up for a second. So Anna's a zoologist. This is where they're talking about the high plant poison because we haven't actually talked about like how the shoes have become poisonous just yet. Yeah, this happened before that. This, Thorn and Anna are talking. I just I gotta bring this line up because Thorn it said brooding's not killed. gonna do you any good. Tell that to Zack Snyder. So yeah, they talk about the the poison venom. So Anne is a zoologist. That's why she's on the island. She specializes in zoology. Uh, especially diet for animals. That's why she's there. Mm-hmm. And she goes, I just, I don't want to do it anymore. I want to do what, no, I want to do what, I do what, no, and, and <laughs> I have it written down here and I can't read it because my handwriting's terrible and I'm so, I'm getting upset already over what he says. She's like, I, I want to do what normal women, I do what normal women don't. I want to do what normal women do. I want to be dull and reliable. And motherfucking Thorn says, I'll take a dull, reliable woman every time. Mother piece of- fucker. <laughs> I got so upset. I almost wanted to pause the movie and go take an angry shit. <laughs> <laughs> an angry, sweary, fiery poop. I didn't I didn't because I ended up I was fine. But I was so upset. Were you fine? <laughs> no. I looked fine. But that kind of stuff makes me so mad. So y'all don't know this. I'm, I, would you call me heavily tattooed at this point? Hey, you got, what, four on you? Uh, yeah, but they're really big. Like, yeah. We're talking, like, my whole left arm, like, lower left arm's done. Yeah. It will be, probably by the time it comes out. I'm finishing them up. Like, I've got leg stuff. I've got arms. Like, I've got a lot of tattoos at this point. They're huge. So when they say it's four, it's four very, very large yeah, tattoos. Like, I am not a dull human being. I'm not a quote-unquote normal woman. You know, whatever. 
And it just, <laughs> I'll take a dull, reliable woman every time. Fuck off, 1950s, 1960s sensibility. He's I, a sea captain. Yeah. He's out there on the high seas doing adventures and shit with his boyfriend. Um, <laughs> How many boyfriends does he have now, too? Yes. <laughs> and Anne. So, man, he's swimming in it right now. Yeah, because he's on a high, fair and sea captain man. And yeah. He, he, he lives a life of excitement. <laughs> he shouldn't get to say, I'll take a dull, reliable wo- woman anytime. Unless he's a dull, reliable man. It goes both ways. <laughs> anyway, so then this is when Dr. Crates tries to talk about how he tried to poison the shrew. The shrews acetylated the venom. So you're telling me, the venom, whatever, you're telling me that when he gave them the poison, it altered their genetics? Yes. Because Thorne was like, ah, so it got stuck in their salivatory glands <laughs> or something. So the only thing I can think of is somehow the poison changed their genetics because if it did get into their mouth and it stayed in there, it would be gone after a while. Like, Yeah, we don't know how long ago the poison was put out there. I thought he said it was like a couple weeks ago or something. It doesn't really matter. Either yeah. way, he tried to poison the shrews. Now they're poisonous. They now have venom, poison, and, breath. <laughs> and Dr. Baines is like, oh, this is this is brilliant. This is they're assimilating. This is incredible technology. Oh, not technology, but biology is like, oh, sorry, I always speak from a clinical point of view. Okay. We get it, you're a nerd. Okay. So this is where my venom question came from. Because he yells that they're more poisonous than snakes. Ah, yeah. I mean, I guess he's not wrong. <laughs> He's not wrong. And the reason it bothers me so much is I'm a huge reptile and invertebrate enthusiast. I love snakes. I love reptiles. I love tarantulas. You should just say I'm a huge reptile. <laughs> I'm a, I don't know if y'all know, I'm a politician and a cop. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a huge reptile. No, I'm not. I work in a store. I'm a large Gila monster. <laughs> I am. Um, so, oh, yeah, like... That, for some reason, is one of the things that, like, it doesn't really matter, but it ticks me off when people say it wrong. Does it really matter? No. Does it bother me anyway? Yes. <laughs> so that's, that's where my venom question came so from. So Thorne also then says uh, they've closed all the doors in the house now. Why weren't they closed in the first place? Uh, because of the hurricane. Duh. Anyway, so we go back to the adobe being soft again. Like, that gets brought up, like, three yep. or four times in this movie. And you hear, like, some scraping. Uh-oh. The shrews are digging through the walls because the plaster's yep. cracked. So now they're getting in. So, oh, but nobody hears it, by the way. Nobody hears them digging. It would be kind of loud. You'd hear scratching. Yeah. The only thing I can think of is they can't hear it over the storm because kinda, yeah. it's still a hurricane. This hurricane is really masking a lot of sounds. Even though we don't hear much of the hurricane. <laughs> Not at this unless point. Unless it's necessary. Unless it's absolutely necessary. Like, if they cut outside, we hear it. But inside, we never hear it. Yeah. So they come up with an escape plan for in the morning. Because they can only escape in the morning. Or do uh, you have something to add before that? Um, so they were talking about... Oh, wait, no, never mind. Go ahead. Yeah, this is part okay. of the escape plan. Yeah. It's part... Oh, by the way, a shrew has gotten in. Like, it dug through, it has gotten in. Yes. We just don't know this yet. So two shrews have gotten in, one has been killed. Right, one's been killed. There is now a secret shrew. So the, the escape plan has to happen in the morning because, as we said before, they can't see in the daylight. They're nocturnal. And they're going to throw the dead shrew over the gate to attract any shrews that might be around. It's a food source. Makes sense. I get it. And then they're going to run to the boat as fast as they can, and they're going to light the island on fire. 
Yep. He's going to throw it over. Thorne is going to get to the boat and then give them the all clear. Right. He's going to give them the all clear. And they said, like, last ditch effort, we light the shit on fire so we can get out. Like, because if we light it all on fire and the forest is on fire, we'll clearly live, but the shrews will die. (laughs) Clearly how that works. Um, This is where we get the biggest time skip of all time because this is, like, it's starting to get light. Like, they mentioned, like, oh, it's starting to get light. It's going to be morning in a couple hours. Then we time skip to, all right, Carcass has been out there for 20 minutes. Let's go. We didn't see him throw it. No. We didn't see throw the shoe, the shrew, which would have been hilarious. <laughs> but the thing is, these movies, like when we watched The Giant Claw, do this all the time, where we will see the most long, drawn-out process of docking the boat. Yeah. But when there's something actually important that needs to get done, we just cut immediately to it. We don't get any setup. We don't see them do it. It's just... Done. They say, this is our plan. You cut to, oh, Shrew's been out for there for 20 minutes. No takers. That's odd. Yeah, like, what? You, you could have at least shown throwing the shrew over because I wanted to see that visual. I wonder if there's a cut out there that exists. The yeet cut? The yeet cut. Release the yeet cut. <laughs> Release the yeet cut. HBO Max. <laughs> Release the yeet cut where they threw that shrew over. Would and you believe me if I, had, if I told you I have hashtag release the yeet cut in my notes? Do you really? Yep. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I'm i going to believe you because you're not typing right now, but after this, I'm going to make you prove it to me because I'm not going to get up <laughs> and look because I'd have to walk around the table. I'll show you. And I'm lazy. Okay. So <laughs> uh, this is where I literally just wrote, fuck Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a reason why. I just wrote, fuck Jerry. <laughs> well, basically, at this point, they're like, oh, well, let's go to the boat. So Thorne and Jerry go to the boats. Oh, that's right. Jerry, they, they leave. Um, basically, Thorne and Jerry are arguing this entire time about Anne, by the way. How will they coexist? Spoken by Michael Cole. Yes. So, um, I wrote, I, I remember now, because for some reason, they're, Thorne and Jerry go out to go to the boat because Jerry doesn't trust Thorne to do it himself. Yeah. And so they give Jerry the shotgun. He has 20 rounds for this sh- in this shotgun, apparently. They have a shotgun and a pistol yes. or some sort of handgun. But he clearly says that, like... We only have 20 rounds, says Thorne. I know that as well as you do, says Jerry. Then why did you bother saying then, it? Then then why did... Yeah. It's bad writing. It's very bad writing. As you know. And then they explain it. If you know it, why are you telling them? Why are you telling them? Come up with this? a better reason to tell the audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, again, it's the 50s. They didn't really have as much nuance when it came yeah. to B-movies. I say, I say is it movies, there were some fantastic movies that came out in the 50s. Like, I'm not writing just, them all That's off. one thing that always bugs me is, like, why do you, why if are, everyone knows this, why are you explaining why it? Why are you explaining it? Give um, us a reason for it to be explained. Like, when he gets a shot, when he picks up the shotgun right before he leaves, like, we only have 20 rounds. Yeah, because, like, the Snyder Cut is really, really uh, guilty of doing this. <laughs> yes, it's very long born. It's also very guilty of doing this, but it's also guilty of not explaining things when it should as well. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so they're still arguing about Anne, so fuck Jerry. Uh, they the start shrew- having a fight. They start having a fight. Uh, they have a real lame fight. They have a real lame fight. And then the shrews show up in the daytime for some reason. Yeah, suddenly shrews. Um, they don't explain why. The only thing I can think of is because they're starving. Yeah. But they find them real quick for being blind in the daylight. Probably because they're dogs and rugs. <laughs> I'm a dog and I like rugs. I like rugs. I'm a dog. <laughs> That's a throwback to a song from eight years ago that y'all do not know. Um, oh, listen to Psycho Stick. Yeah, listen to Psycho Stick. It's called do- uh, I'm a Dog I Like Socks or whatever Dogs it is. Dogs Like Socks. That's it. So finally they get to the boat, and he's screaming for Rook. There's no answer. 
And Jerry's like, I'm not, he's like, oh, we got to go back to go get them. We got to go get the signal because they have to kind of backtrack to do the signal because they're not going to see it from the dock. Mm -hmm. And Jerry's like, no, I don't want to go with you. He's like, fine then, swim to the boat, little mermaid. And he's like, I can't swim. (laughs) So Because Jerry's a bitch. No, I can't swim either. So this is where Jerry and I have a true connection. Only he's a drunk man in the 50s. And I'm a 28-year-old I was more talking woman. about his whining than the line of swimming. <laughs> He's like, he's got to have a reason for everything to be bad for Jerry. <laughs> so they can't find the skiff either. So the boat that takes them to yeah. the boat. So they turn around to walk away. And the skiff's just in the trees. <laughs> like, it just, they don't, the, the thing about it is, they don't mention it. They just turn around just to walk, walk away. Up to it, and they're just like, oh, that's there. And they keep walking. No, they don't even they don't even acknowledge it. They just keep walking. Like they don't even say anything. They might look at it, but they don't bring it up. And they literally just ask, where's the skiff? And then they turn around. And it is comically wedged in a tree. <laughs> like, what? So then it happens. They're walking. Fr- Rook. Rook is currently being digested. They find uh, what I could not tell what it was on the ground because it was blurry. I believe it was a belt. We think it was a belt and maybe some shoes. We're not sure. But we do know that he has his gun. His gun was laying there. And they find out that Rook has, in fact, been eaten. Rook! Rook! He was in this movie for a minute or two. So, uh, let's see. What do I have? So they... They start running, running, because yeah. the shrews show back up, because, of course, they yeah. do. And Jerry makes it to the gate first. Okay. Yeah. So Thorne is saying, like, they've been tracking us from both sides. Oh, Clever yeah. girl, okay, can't yeah. you hear him? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Jerry convinces Thorne to give him a gun, so Thorne gives him the pistol. Yeah. He He's keeping the shotgun, tells Jerry to go out in front. Yeah. Because I don't trust him. Yeah. And that's when they, the shrews really start chasing them. Jerry takes off. He's firing wildly. Mm-hmm. Then they get back to the camp. Yeah. Then they get back. Jerry dives into the gate, and Thorn is behind him a, a decent distance, not like super far, yeah. but you know, maybe fifty to hundred feet back. Because Jerry is apparently Usain Bolt when it comes to <laughs> running through the woods, and Jerry is a little fucking bitch because he holds the gate closed. Clearly. Thorne makes it to the gate. He's trying to pull it open. Jerry's pulling it closed. The shrews, like, are not in the shot. They're a little bit distance back. Like, he could have squeezed himself in. Yeah. So what does Thorne do? He he proves that white man can, in fact, jump. (laughs) (laughs) And he jumps, and he throws the shotgun over first, which you were like, what is he doing when he did that? And he then climbs over the gate, Mm -hmm. falls over, where Jerry is holding the gate closed. Anne's like slapping him like, no, And Jerry's the like, the shrews are there. I couldn't help it. Thorn just decks him. The shrews, in fact, were not there. There was plenty of time. Thorn um, and Jerry have a fight. Thorn trips in the fight. Just they keeps have, going. They have what has ostensibly been one of the worst fist fights I've ever seen. Because, yes, Thorn trips on nothing. Was it his shoelace? Was it the box he was kind of, sort of near? We don't know, but he trips on nothing and just falls down on his butt. <laughs> he gets back up and keeps fighting. Yep. Jerry knocks him he, out. So he, he's he not knocks, quite out. Like but. he's not entirely unconscious, but like 
ostensibly he's unconscious. Yeah. Like, he can't really do anything. So what does, what? okay, what does Thorne do now? A, does he leave Jerry on the ground? Does he, B, carry Jerry inside the house that they think is safe? Does he, C, get him, make, give him a foot massage, make him some hummus? Or D, D does he pick Jerry up, climb on a box, and try to murder him via shrew. He carries him up. Pick, put him on his shoulders like John Cena, ready to give this piece of shit an attitude adjustment. Goes up, up to the like fucking he, fence he and he's climbs. about to... Yeah, he's yeet. about to yeet Jerry over this fence. The shrews are jumping because, again, they're dogs. That's all they are. They're, they're like, jumping. Come on, dogs. Have a treat. Here you go. Yeah. Here's, and here's he stops tip. and he looks at Anne. He looks at Dr. Crates and he sighs... And he throws Jerry back on the ground on their side of the fence. Yep. He puts him down mm-hmm. in a moment of weakness for our brave hero. Yes. And Jerry he, walks away sadly because he did not kill a man today. Thorne is like, he deserved it though. Like, he was ready to full on murder Jerry. As you said, Thorne said, Jerry just tried to kill me twice in five minutes. Yeah, Jerry tried to kill me twice. And he said he deserved it. And he didn't, he gave him mercy. He didn't murder him via Killer Shrew. Which, I'm not going to lie to you, I thought he was going to. I was rooting for Thorne <laughs> to kill him. Thorne then tells the others that Rook is dead. And yes. Dr. Crate seems pretty calm about everything, all considered. So, Thorne And then they start drinking again. Well, hang on, because Thorne screams something about how uh, he didn't explain that the shrews were real big and killer, but he did. Yeah. <laughs> like, what Dr. Crates definitely did earlier. He defo did. So, and... Then goes to do the most 1950s monster movie housewife thing ever because every movie I've watched that has a woman in it in the 50s is a B sci fi movie. She goes to make coffee. Yep. <laughs> so, I could use a, I don't want to drink. I could use some coffee. And then. And then. Jump scare. Jump scare. It's the one jump scare in this movie. It is the one jump scare in this movie. It's, I am jump scare proud. Like, I'm afraid of jump scares. Uh, I'm very easily startled. Like the Same cat, here. the cat can startle me. This did not startle <laughs> me. We say it's a jump scare in name alone. In that, like, it did jump out at her when she opened. Was it the pantry or the cellar or whatever door? She opened like a door to the kitchen, I think. And it, yeah, it was the kitchen because I remember why that it was the kitchen. So, uh, yeah, it jumps. Jumps. It bites Bradford's pants. Just tore my trousers. It ripped his pants, but not in the butt way, as I have in my notes. <laughs> yeah, it like rips him at the knee. They shoot it. It's dead. Jerry goes crazy and just starts like bam, 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 like shooting through the wall at nothing. Because as it turns out, when they like before they closed the door, Thorn was able to see into that kitchen. There are four shrews in the kitchen. But wait, didn't didn't Mario close the kitchen window? Why why is it that they were able to get in, Gus? Because the adobe is mush. No. Don't you remember nope. that <laughs> that the rope that Mario used to close the window must have been rotten? I don't remember this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he The rope on the window that Jerry, you know, he used to close that window. Like the fancy card. The fancy card. Uh, it must have been rotten. So they were able to just get back through the window. I don't remember that. Oh, I wrote that down. <laughs> I wrote it and I circled oh, it. I'm not dis- I'm not doubting you. So he he makes the correct conclusion that that's clearly how they got in is through that window. So yeah, then because J- Jerry 
He's like, ah, and he's shooting. So Brad, all of a sudden, he's like, starts typing. He's typing crazy. And everyone's like, what? And then seconds later, he dies. Flops over hardcore. He just fucking, he was up, sitting in the chair typing, and then he was dead. Uh, he lied about the fact. For some reason, he lied about the fact that it. That bit always happens. Like every zombie movie. Yeah, but like, like oh, there was. If he zombie. knew he was gonna die in like thirty seconds to a minute, why did he lie? Uh-huh. But it turns out he was typing all of his symptoms before he died. He just sat down and started rapidly typing, and he was typing out all his symptoms, according to Doctor Crates. Why? For science, obviously. But I just don't understand why he lied about the fact that it ripped his pants. I don't know. He's weird. He was a little I was, weirdo. I kept forgetting he was in this movie. Uh, okay. We then get a quick shot showing that um, more shrews are getting through the wall. Right. But, but right before that, Thorne just slaps the shit out of Jerry. Yeah. He like... just. Full on just bitch slap him. Full on bitch slaps him because oh, he's shooting was, holes in the wall. He's wasting ammunition. Yeah, he's wasting ammunition. He's shooting holes in the wall. They only he's had not, 20 rounds. Right, they only had 20 rounds. Plus, he's going, like, Jerry's, like, screaming and, like, going crazy that they're all going to die. He so also like, got even more drunk somehow <laughs> since coming inside. He's just, like, every time you see him, whether he's drank or not, he's more drunk somehow. Just various levels of drunk throughout the movie. And he's not always drinking. It's really funny. So, yeah, like, Thorne slaps the shit out of him because he's going crazy and, like, wasting ammunition. It was very ammunition. satisfying to watch. Oh, it was so great. Uh, he slaps him, like, three times, just, like, full on in a corner. It, yeah. at, like, like a man beating his wife. Oh. <laughs> it was, it the, was 50s. the 50s. If you don't think I'm going to make this joke every episode, you fucking wrong, bitch. Okay. We then see that the shrews have made multiple holes. So, they're digging through the walls. And so, Thorne and Gain Gaines... What? Crates are like, what do we do? I know. We blocked the hole. With what? Couch. The couch. But they at least admit that couch is not going to hold them long. I yeah. would say at all because they're dogs and the couch is pretty tall. It'll pro- They can probably just barrel right through it or yeah. under it or over it. or s- s- Scoot it forward a little bit. Scoot then it forward. It. Yeah, it's, it's not going to stop them at all. So then the shoes get into the house. They run out of the house. Now, this is yeah, where I get like, on the patio. Yeah, they get on the patio. This is the area that was um, enclosed by the fence. Yes, this is like the fence area where they've been. So now the shrews are in the house. They're attacking each other because, again, they're starving. Yeah. And the shrews are outside the gate. Again, why don't they dig under the gate? Why don't they rip through the gate? I don't know, but they're there. So this is when we get the most buck wild idea for an escape. I've seen in a movie in a well, long time. There's two ideas. The first one was Jerry saying that he should just get on the roof. Yeah, Jerry gets on the roof because, again, he's drunk and crazy. He also found another gun. He found another gun. Oh, no, is that the... No, I think that's the gun that, Oh, yeah, that is the same gun. That that's is the, the one that That's the Thorne one that Thorne threw over the fence, yep. but they left it there when they went into the house. Because he had to go slap him and you Because he had away. to go slap the shit out of him in the corner of After the house. After he tried to AA him into a pile of killer shrews. <laughs> Right, so that's my favorite <laughs> stipulation match ever in wrestling. <laughs> we are huge wrestling nerds. Yeah. Huge. Anyway, and so, now metal so, shrew solid. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the only way we're gonna. So they're like, "What are we gonna do? We're fucked." Like Jerry's screaming on top of the house because he thinks we can wait it out up here. Now I'm not gonna lie to you; that's not actually the worst plan. 
because they might be able to dig through the walls, but they're probably not going to knock the house down. Like, there's only, it's like 24 hours before all the shrews are dead, according to the doctor. Yeah. But at the same time. Even if they start eating each other and doing that, I feel like at most it would be maybe a week. I think they could last. I feel like Jerry's plan wasn't, it's way better than the plan they come up with. Uh, wasn't the worst, but he's crazy and drunk and we don't like him. So we obviously can't follow his plan. So, man, what are we going to do? Some reason, they f- they find a chemical drum. and It's empty. It's empty. And, and it's apparently m- it's completely metal. clean. It's completely clean, yeah. And it's it's metal. It's like, you know, uh, a metal cl- chemical well, drum. You know, a big 55-gallon drum mm-hmm. store shit in. You know, you've all seen them in movies. You've probably video seen games. them in person, video games, that sort yeah. of thing. And Thorne is looking at it, and he's looking at it, and he goes, huh. And he turns it upside down, and he climbs into it. Okay. And he thinks, oh, man, we could, car- we could carry these to the beach and hide in them. And the doctor says, well, either the shoes are just going to knock us down, or the wind is going to whip up and whip these things off of us, which... The doctor is correct. The shoes are just going to knock your ass down. We also start seeing some leaves blowing in a couple of scenes here, which actually shows the first time that the characters are interacting with the fucking hurricane. Yes, this is true. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> so It's okay. They, they stop happening in like two scenes. <laughs> so Thorne goes, yeah, but what if we could lash them together to they make it heavier? They find four of them. Yeah, they find four of them. And all of a sudden, he pulls out a welding torch from out of nowhere. There's a welding, like a fucking blowtorch. There's just like a fucking welding torch outside. Like, it is clearly a welding torch. Like, he turns it on. It's a welding torch. I know what it looks it's, like. I have a brother that's a professional welder. Yeah. It's just like stuck behind It's just like stuck. Boxes yeah. It's like, it's oh, just, that's convenient. It's real convenient. Oh, by the way, very dangerous to just be fucking stored there. And he starts cutting slits into the drums so that way you can see out of them, okay? And they're lashing them together, and all of a sudden, the shrew, one of the shrews in the house, comes popping out the window. And it's like, so what does he do? He takes the welding torch and shoves it through the window while the doctor takes a plank and starts, like, trying to close so off the window. Torches he the shrew. torches the shrew. This idea I have written down as... This feels like the first draft idea to get out of the situation. Okay. They had that they had all these shrews uh-huh. trying to kill them, and they had to get to this boat. So the first thing they come up with was like, like uh, maybe they find some crates or something or some barrels, and they just stick them over themselves and walk down. Well, it, it, it just feels like there was not a second thought put into okay. why this is it. Okay. Like, it's just so convenient. I had another thought, and it was about the welding torch. So we watched Thorne. He pulls a mask down over his face, right? Mm-hmm. And everyone else, Anne, Dr. Crates, is watching him weld, right? They would now be blind. <laughs> they are now the blindest people on goddamn earth. Welding torches are insanely bright. They are. There have been multiple stories of people that are not welders going into shops and looking at an arc weld, like an arc welder, and going mm. bl- completely blind. Like, this does actually happen. They have now blinded themselves. Is that a permanent blindness or a temporary? Oh, yeah. It can be a permanent blindness. Okay. Like, it, it can absolutely be permanent. Welding is very dangerous. Children, don't do it at home unless you are a professional welder. Yeah. Like a brother of mine. I have five siblings. <laughs> um, so, yeah. He, like, cuts out, you know, 
like a little, little slit. Portholes, you can see. But the thing is, he's like, yeah, they can't bite you through the portholes. Motherfucker, these slits are huge. Yeah. They are huge. Like, they could easily, you see where they're biting, but they're not turning their heads and, like, trying to shove them in. They could easily, at the right angle, they get look, their head in there. For a they're, size comparison, they look to be about the size, look at the, maybe a little bit smaller than a Nintendo Switch. Oh, maybe the, a Switch Lite. Oh, you mean the slit? Yeah. Yeah. The shrews, by the way, like, are golden retriever sized. Yeah. Um, and they could get their snouts through those. They could easily get their teeth through there if they turned the right angle, and they could graze you for sure. Anyway, and the venom gets you, and then you die. die. But Jerry, I'm sorry, the poison. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Jerry <laughs> refuses to get off the roof because he's drunk and crazy, and again, in his mind, like he's safer up there because you know this plan be wild. So then that's not wrong. This plan's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> this plan's so stupid. Uh, he falls off the roof. He climbs off the roof, but that's oh, that's right, that's right. So but they hide in the chemical drums. Yep, they get Boop. metal shoe solid and they start, they start duck walking to the beach. Yep, they they tie a rope to the to the um, the fence so that way they can pull it open yeah. like while they're in there so that way they don't have to like hurry up and get in. So they open the gate. And they start to walk. And again, it can't it can't this, bite them through the slit. This probably looked much cooler in their heads. It probably did. But Anne, oh poor Anne. She's a woman in the 50s. <laughs> so she gets tired immediately. Poor Anne. She's not strong enough to do this because woman. <laughs> that's exactly what's just written here. Because woman. Because woman. Because that that's, you know, 1959 sensibility. But you also have to remember, even the doctor says he's getting tired. There's an entirely empty drum because basically they're all carrying their drum. Like yeah. they're not just walking. Because they, they had have to four, carry but this. Jerry's a selfish piece of shit. Right. He's a selfish piece of shit. So she has more weight on her end because she's like right next to Jerry's empty one. Yeah. So it's really heavy for her. But even still, this is not like minutes into their walk this is immediately she also can't open her eyes because she's too afraid of the shrews because they're biting the slit and thorne asks her what's the matter you mean aside from the killer shrews the fact that there are killer shrews that are like biting the slit yeah and she's really tired because she's carrying metal drums are not light yeah like i i write down because woman but you know that's just how they frame it in the movie yeah you ever tried to move a metal drum? It's not a light Like, thing. why couldn't they have Dr. Crates do it? Because he's an old dude. Yeah, like, Dr. Crates was an older man. He was probably in his 60s. Yeah. Um. So, then... This then, is the, when Jerry... This uh, is Jerry. Yes. So, Jerry, for whatever reason, decides not to stay on the roof. And I, the only thing I can think of is that he thought... By the way, there are not 200 shoes on this goddamn island. He probably thinks the like shrews are attacking... Seven. Yeah. Like, oh, they're attacking the drums. I can make a run for it. Yeah. So Jerry jumps off the roof. He makes it two goddamn he, feet. He jumps off the roof. He grabs some cloth or something. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why he grabs some cloth, but for some strange reason, he takes the time to go back. Like, he starts to run. He stops. He goes back. He grabs a cloth. Something. Something. It's clearly cloth. It's a material. Yeah. And then just starts to sprint. And Look. gets taken down immediately. He goes, like, over a log. He, he trips. Runs, he fires both rounds from the shotgun, drops the cloth, falls over. He gets eaten. Fuck Jerry. That's what it says in my notes. <laughs> yeah. So he t- he makes a round for it. He dies. 
why didn't he just stay on the roof? Because he's drunk and an idiot. Yeah, or like I don't know. I feel like I think he, it was your idea of he thought that they were all distracted with. Yeah, he he probably never really thought like, oh, I'm gonna stay on this roof the whole time. But if I had been Jerry and I was too scared to do that, I would have just stayed on the roof. But again, he's drunk and stupid. So, fuck Jerry. So then, uh uh-oh. This is the thought that I had immediately as they're duck walking was, what about their feet? Yep. Because their feet and ankles have to be exposed because you still got to lift this thing. There's still a couple inches off the ground. Yeah, you got to get it over all the terrain of the forest. So thankfully, movie was not dumb and thought about this. And a shrew... Oh, movie was dumb. Well, movie was dumb, but movie <laughs> thought about this, so I give movie credit this one time. Yeah. Shrew attacks Anne's feet. <laughs> and it it bites her foot, but it, and it rips her boot off, but it doesn't get her. Not a scratch. Not she a says. scratch. She, she doesn't actually get scratched, but it does take her boot, which I give credit for because I was like, man, these stupid idiots are going to duck walk and they're going to get bit in the feet. And the movie thought about it, and I... Thank you. So then they get to the beach. They make it to the beach. She and feels sand, which actually makes sense because now she's not wearing a boot. Yeah, because she starts screaming about the sand, but I couldn't understand her because the music's really loud and she has the sweetest accent and the audio's not great. So she's, she's all distressed. and So I was like, what? And you were like, she's screaming about the sand. And I was like, oh. because So she starts screaming about sand. And then the shrews just decide, never mind. They're not well, even in the water yet. It's because the shrews can't swim. Yeah. So the shrews disappear magically because they can't swim. They get a bit further out. So they get a bit the further water. out. They duck under. They swim to the boat. They're swimming. They're swimming. They get on the boat. Yay. No further issues. No, no fur- shrews following. Yeah. yeah. All so three then, are on the boat. They are so, fine. So then Dr. Crate. Now, you have to let me do this line, too, because this was also deeply offensive well, to me after this first line. Can I say crates line? Yes. You can, you can talk about crates. So there's no humans left on the island. Crate says, in 24 hours, there will be one shrew left on the island. Victory Royale. Yeah, he he talks about how in 24 hours, there's going to be one shrew left to starve because there's no food left on the island. Um, Thus, this is a true test of overpopulation and showing why overpopulation is a problem. Now, (laughs) sorry if I picked the audio because this... Got me more heated than, than the dull arrival. arrival thing. Thorn turns to Anne. He mentions something about her Swedish accent. They gaze deep into each other's de- eyes. And he says, he tells Gabe, he tell he. <laughs> the glasses are <laughs> I throw off. my glasses off. Head and hands. He says. <laughs> glasses back on. Don't break those. You just got them. <laughs> I did just yesterday. He says, I'm not worried about overpopulation yet. And then he kisses Anne in the worst on-screen makeout of all time. And then instantly the, the movie, movie ends. ends. Oh, man. That last bit got me because, oh, man. He was, he's, they gonna bang tonight. They gonna bang right now. Get out of here, Doc. Get crates. out of here, Dad. Get out of here, bang. crates. We fucking right now. Did we mention that crates and Anne were father and daughter? I don't know if we did, but I they are apparently we, father they are. and daughter. They are father, They're and daughter. father and daughter. So he can't get in on this action. Uh, now you can still bang Thorn later. <laughs> Good. So this movie was made for one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. Okay. In nineteen eighty-four, 
Ray Kellogg, who uh, actually funded the movie, said that he made four times what he spent on this movie. This movie was actually profitable. Oh. Mm-hmm. It was actually considered a pretty big success because it was called what was a regional movie at the time, and it actually did get internationally released, which at the time wouldn't have really happened unless you were a really big Hollywood movie. So this okay. movie actually did pretty well. Terribly rated. The acting's terrible. I but mean, you still get that today. You get movies that do really well financially, but they're, but they're not, bad movies. But they're bad movies. You so know, yeah. look at like Transformers movies and oh, stuff. Oh, God, yeah. But they so make like a billion they dollars. They make a billion dollars, literally. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that that was that movie. That was The Killer Shrews. Um, I'm glad we watched it, but I'm sorry that we did. <laughs> I'll never get that hour and 20 minutes back. It's an hour and nine. Whatever. <laughs> This is back when the movies were short, thankfully. Yeah. Um, thankfully, we don't have to watch like a two and a half hour long movie. Now, yeah. what did you think of the movie poster? Because it was pretty boring. Because I... I have got, not seen the poster. Look it up real quick. It's pretty boring. Because I want to talk about the movie posters a little bit each episode because I am an aficionado of these. I, col- I, I actually have coasters that are like old B-movie sci-fi comic books. Um... And I feel like the 1950s sci-fi movie posters are my favorite. They're very ugly. They're very bright, colorful. They have that big font. They just feel really larger than life. But this one, the green one, that just has the fucking tail on it, it's really boring. It's really sad. Look it up, y'all. Look at look up the Killer Shrews poster, and then oh wow, yeah, look up like What's with the shoe. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> then look up like Attack of the Fifty Foot Woman, or the Creature from the Black Lagoon, or uh, Spider versus the World, where there are these big, bright, colorful, really cool, or even the Fly yeah. uh, posters. You can buy this poster on eBay, eleven by seventeen movie poster. How much? Ten bucks. Yeah, but this one's not cool enough. This one's really ugly. Also, yeah. I just want to show you. Uh huh. What are you showing me? the highlighted line it was in the script er, oh my god he really does have hashtag release the yeet cut (laughs) in his notes all right i wrote it down i was like i don't know if i want to say that it's kind of dumb nah (laughs) nah he's got it man how do we end this shit i don't know what are we talking about first episode it's really weird i liked it do we have any do we have any fun facts not really. Apparently it was featured on the fourth season of Mystery Science Theater 3000. <laughs> it was. I saw that earlier. Um, hmm. I'm trying to think if there was anything else. I okay, this is from Wikipedia. Yeah. There's a sequel. Yes, there is a sequel. This was actually, I, I thought of this afterward. It was made 53 years after the original. There was also a remake. There's a remake of Killer Shrews? The remake slash parody, Attack of the Killer Shrews, was released in 2016 by White Lion Studios. Hmm. Directed by Chen Castino. The film was a horror comedy with deliberately awful, horrible puppet shrews and a different cast of characters. I'm not watching it. But no, apparently Return of the Killer Shrews came out in 2012. And yes, it was 53 years after the original, which is one of the longest time cuts between an original and a sequel ever. Why you would think after 50-some-odd years, a sequel to this movie would be necessary, I don't know, because this movie was not necessary. 
I feel like some of these movies have gained a lot of traction as being gems, like um, Journey to the Center of the Earth. Yeah. Or uh, Around the World in 80 Days. There's one I'm thinking of that I have been trying to think, and I can't, um, I can't think of it. It looks like The Return of the Killer Shrews was also called Mega Rats. Interesting. Um, ah, the, the original The Day the Earth Stood Still is the one I'm thinking of. That movie yeah. is a treasure. So, Gus, my wonderful husband. Yo. Um, I picked The Killer Shrews. So you get to pick next week's movie to torture me. We both have our own lists. Oh, I picked Killer Shrews. No, I picked Killer Shrews. You told me to go first. We kind of you, we kind of decided together, but yeah. we're counting it as my pick because you went because I agree. I was yeah. Yeah, sure. So we're counting as my pick. What movie for next time? So we each have our own list, and we're gonna pick off of them. And I'm sure we have a lot of overlap, but I watch these movies way more regularly. I know these movies a lot more than you do. Yeah. Uh, so I probably have a lot more that you don't have. So, what do you want to watch next? And we'll see uh, if we can find it. I don't know, but I think I'm going to go with another one that was on that Ashes list, including the trailer from oh, this one. Jesus, okay. And I'm thinking the God Monster of Indian Flats. Oh, God. All right. If we can find it. If we can find it. Because, again, as we said before, these movies are either in the public domain, they're real hard to find. So, let's, we should come up with a scale for these. Either how much we liked it, or how effective was the monster. What do you think? I don't know. We can come up with maybe we just maybe we rank them in order which ones we liked better from either like a film standpoint, like how good was the actual you no know, acting, production, editing, all that. Mm-hmm. How funny it was. It was. How much enjoyment did we? I, get I'm out? not gonna lie to you. This was not one of the funnier ones to me. Like it there was. Boring. Yeah. It was a little boring. Um, I had to kind of find the comedy in this. Some of them just fucking bizarre, like. The Giant Claw, which we watched a couple days ago, which kind of started this whole idea, was way funnier, way wilder, way weirder. Yeah. This one was just a lot of, like, guys punching guys for no, you know, like, just nothing happened. I think maybe the the uh, interest level depends on the size of the monster. Because these were pretty small. These were pretty small. You know, they're dogs. I mean, they're big for shrews. but They're big for shrews, but they're not huge. Um... But, uh, you know, the killer, or um, the giant claw. Was the size was a, of a battleship. Yeah, a giant bird the size of a battleship. They kept saying it. Yeah, they said it like five times. Um, guys, I kid you not, watch the giant claw. I think we'll circle back and we'll watch that movie and do it again sometime because I have notes and thoughts on that movie that I would love we'll to share. We'll do it at some point, yeah. I just, I wanted to, I, it had been a little while since we watched it, and I, I, I kind of want to try to do it fresh. Yeah. Um. Like, really try to watch the movie, then get to recording pretty quickly, yeah. whether even if it's just the next day. So that oh, way it's, like, fresh what? in my mind. What? Uh-huh. You know what? No, I'll save that for another one. Oh, what? Did you want to change it? I'll save it. You're going to save it? You I'm sure? Save it, you yeah. sure? I'm looking at you like, mm. no, I'll save it. Okay. So next episode, I'm going to write it down because I will forget in my notebook because I'm old school, and if I try to type things down on my computer – I have people that message me a lot, like on Discord and everything else, because um, y'all don't know this, but your girl is a huge Cyberpunk 2020 and Red player. Like, this is my life. This has been my life for years now. (laughs) And people message me a lot. 
So if I get on my computer, I just get distracted immediately. I have no friends online, so I just type everything in Google. I thought you were just going to say, I have no friends. That's true, too. (laughs) Wow. I'm going to tell Logan you said that. Anyway. So I'm not sure how our schedule is going to be when we figure things out. We have no idea. We're trying to buy a house right now. This is the worst time to fucking start a podcast. But we I really should have started this podcast at the start of the pandemic. <laughs> everyone else is doing it. Nah. Um, anyway, this remind us of the movie again. Except I'm the God it. Monster of Indian Flats. God Monster. If you can't find it, we'll... We'll, we'll, we'll undercut a new movie in. That's something we should figure out next time is we can have the other person decide the next movie beforehand. Make sure uh, yeah, access. well, that way we can make sure we actually have access to it because yeah. some of these movies could get real expensive to find. And uh, we're currently making zero dollars and zero cents on this adventure. <laughs> so, you know, God Monster of Indian Flats, we're going to attempt to find it. Yep. Uh, this has been It Came From 20,000 Podcasts. The best name for a podcast ever. Uh, I'm Caitlin. I'm Gus. See y'all later. Monster noises. Ah! <laughs>